Welcome to episode 27 of the Hot Toy Cast, the climbing the social ladder of our most esteemed podcast, where we discuss all things high-end action figures from the likes of Star Race, Hot Toys, Sideshow Collectibles, and many more. You will note that I put Star Race first. There's a reason why we put Star Race first. I mentioned it on the list today, because we actually have Star Race on the show with us today. And we have David Stephen, who's an associate and English-speaking liaison for Star Race, because they're in China. A lot of you know, as you guys well know, a lot of these companies are in China. So, David, how are you doing today? Okay, thanks, Eamon. Uh, did I describe you correctly there? Just this associate, and uh, you know, what, what else do you do for Star Race? Well, I help them with their social media. I do a lot of their marketing, and I also assist in contacting U.S. studios with, for licensing. Cool, excellent. Okay, cool. Well, we've got Jeff and Mike with us as well today. So I guess say hello, lads. Hi there. Oh, hey, 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 Cassius Clay. Okay then. Let's get on with this. We've got some nice juicy questions now. So what we did was, listeners, we put out some questions to our forums, <laughs> Sideshow Freaks, Facebook, all the usual stuff, Twitter, blah, 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 emails, whatever. And we just asked a bunch of fans, because Staris do have a lot of fans. You know, we're, they're producing some really, really, really nice figures. And I'm, I'm going to put out there that I think they're really, really, really kind of catching up nice and quickly with, with obviously, Hot Toys being the probably arguably maybe the main guys doing yeah. this at the moment but star race are definitely doing stuff of that is really catching people's eye and stuff like especially you mike yeah. you've got you get quite a lot of star race don't you mike yeah i've got uh yeah i've got quite a bit good stuff and i of course happen to work for star race and literally within the last hour one of the reasons why we're running a bit late today is i've literally put the all the try with not, not the try with all the quidditch figures to print uh i got quidditch harry these are the deluxe ones, so deli uh, deluxe Quidditch Harry, deluxe Quidditch Draco, then the two-pack, and also I just had to do a quick, some quick amendments on uh, Hagrid, Dumbledore's tomorrow. So I'm up the walls with Starius' work at the moment. And You're rocking it. Yeah, I'm rocking it, and, <coughs> and you know, I have to say, I, 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 this, the Hagrid one might be one of my best packaging designs yet. I'm really happy with Hagrid so far. Cool. So, without further ado, I think we should get into some questions, and what we'll do is I'll just ask one. Jeff, you text the next one. Mike, you ask the next one after that, mm -hmm. and we'll just go from there. If there's anything at all you don't want to answer, David, or is awkward or any of that, just let us know, and you know we can we, we can figure it out or just work around it and stuff. Sure, cool. I can answer anything, but it may not be as complete as people want. <laughs> Good. Well, try do do your best. So we 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 understand there's obviously a limitation to what you can obviously tell us and stuff because obviously Leo and um, Paul, you know, they, they they communicate very well in English on text and stuff like that. But obviously maybe a free flowing conversation might be a bit of a challenge and stuff as well, and and a bit nerve wracking as well. Okay, right. so. Right, well, so our first question from our, our readers, and our readers, our listeners, uh, was any more plans for figures from vintage Hollywood epics like Steve McQueen from The Great Escape? Well, we do have one thing we're early in licensing negotiations on, so I can't really talk about it, but it's one of the names that have come up many times when talking about, you know, legends of Hollywood. Mm. Uh, and I'll, I be, probably it's say, not Monroe, is it, by any chance? <laughs> well, we're doing we're doing Monroe. We've announced that, and oh, we'll ah. be going her soon. Yeah. So this is another uh, one you're talking about. Yeah, it's a different it's a different female. Yeah, oh, but I can't really think. Who, who could it be? Oh, right. I, I won't ask. Speculate, we, we even speculate, ask. speculate there, Jeff and I'm Mike. Gonna, I'm, I'm gonna guess Hepburn, but I won't ask. Hepburn, Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, Hepburn makes sense to me. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. And she's you should be. Rep Breakfast at Tiffany's or uh, yeah. Roman Holiday. You need to rectify that. Amy. Who's the girl? In re who's the girl in rear view window? In in uh, oh, rear in, uh, window. Who's what's no, her? What, it's what's not her. It's not her. Okay, she was gorgeous. That one anyway. Sorry. Uh, come on. These, what was the movie? Uh, why am I blanking on the movie where she was blind? Um, Audrey Hepburn uh, was blind. Yeah, she's. 
I love Charade. I know it's not a Hitchcock. It's like a Hitchcock Charade. Feels like yeah. it should have been made by Hitchcock, but it's the one with uh, Cary Grant where they're kind of chasing right. the, the the stamp. Um, That's a great uh, Hepburn movie. Yeah. I, I love that movie, but um, yeah, I, I, I would have thought Hepburn would be a would be a great one to uh, to capture in either one six or one quarter or a statue or whatever. See, when they say I Hollywood, there, I, th- I thought they might have been Clint Eastwood or someone like that, but you know. I'm, I'm I not... Sorry, I will not confirm or deny Audrey Hepburn. So. <laughs> 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 okay, then, Mike, do you want to take the next question? Uh, sure. Uh, it, it says here, let's see, we also saw that they are doing the 20,000 Leagues uh, Nautilus at the booth at New York, New York Comic Con, but that's been a couple of years ago, or a year and a half ago. Is that still happening? Well, that was an X-Plus product, and ah. X-Plus is the parent company of Star Ace and has been around a number of years doing Vinyl Godzilla and Ultraman and stuff like that. Um, but that did come out and sold through, and we don't really mm. plan on, on going back to it. Why? So, yeah, it's been out. Well, it's it was done. It's it's finished. The license expired. So you know, yeah. it's it's put to bed. See, Amen, you should have been keeping up. Oh well, I'm, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the the twenty twenty leagues under the sea. To be honest, uh, is this the one that uh, Troy McClure won? Doug McClure, not Troy McClure. No, 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 no. This was this was Kurt the one Douglas. with um, yeah, Kurt Douglas and uh, what's his name? Who was in um, James Mason? That's the voice I was trying to think of. Yes, James Mason. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, you guys are a little bit older than me, so you're a bit more familiar with this stuff. Look, man, the farthest, you don't have to be old, you just have to be into the classic. This is true, this is true. Look, the farthest I go back is Sm- uh, Smokey and the Bandit, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I said classic. So for everyone doing a Burt Reynolds from Smokey and the Bandit 1-6 Star Race, <laughs> tell me I'll bite straight away. Bob, like that cool jacket he had and all, and the, and the hat, and an excellent moustache. Real hair moustache too, Star Ace, please. You're, you're going to want to know only which way is loose now with a, with a, with a hairy Clyde, aren't you? Ah, that, that's true. That's true. Be good. <laughs> we'll take uh, it under consideration. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a euphemism, a hairy Clyde, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. Jeff, next question. Oh, no, well, funny enough, um, I mean, going back to when we were thinking about these questions, one of the ones that I was, I was talking to Eamon about was um, obviously with the new film Wonderful Creatures, or what was it, Magnificent Creatures and Where to Find Them? Ah, the, yeah. Uh, with Eddie Redmayne. Fantastic Beasts, that's the one. Sorry, I'm, 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 not, I'm not as into Harry Potter quite as much as my kids are. My, my daughters are avid fans. They're, 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 they're huge fans. But obviously with that new plan, that new film in the works, are there any plans to be any tie-ins with that as well? Um, Star Ace would love to do Fantastic Beasts and Where to yeah. Find Them figures. Uh, that's not final yet. We don't have any, any final word on it yet, though, on the license. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Okay. With the rising pr- prices of their figures... Are, are you guys concerned at all about being in the same market with Hot Toys and the invariable comparisons? I mean, because, you know, the, fig, the, the figures, were get, they're getting quite expensive now, uh, both both Hot Toys and yourselves kind of thing. Expensive. I say expensive, inverted commas, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the, be, they're be- beautiful, nicely made things are generally expensive. Uh, but, I mean, do, do, how do you guys feel about that? Because you, you are slightly catching up now with with, um, with Hot Toys in terms of the pricing. And, that, and how, does, how does that... Does that yeah. As Star Ace has been working on new figures, it becomes obvious that these are a lot more expensive than most people think to produce. Right. And Star Ace makes far fewer in a production run than Hot Toys does. So ah. the, the money has to be has spread out over fewer figures. So that becomes an issue. So we, But, of course, always striving to reach the same levels in quality, too, as Hot Toys. And maybe not quite there yet, but still working on it. And trying never to compromise on anything and 
and giving people the best of what we can do, and that's going to cost. You know, it always does. Of course, of course, of course. I mean, what what is the most expensive part of the the operation? Then, say, take take the Steve McQueen or to take Try Wizard Harry, for instance. What would be because from what I understand from like speaking to other, other com- companies of that, that uh, you know, the tooling is for regular small action figures tends to be the most costly thing. But obviously you get these basic bodies and then you can, you can u- use them multiply, obviously, of what they would in scale within reason, of course. Obviously, maybe Hagrid would be like an oversized body, I'd imagine. But like, say, for like Harry Triwizard and so what, what would be the most expensive aspect of that figure? Is it, is it the sculpting or is it, is it the tailoring? Is it the, the, the articulation? What, what, what is it? Well... Yes, well, developing a body is always going to be the most expensive, and then tooling that, and then the different parts to create different sizes. Uh, Hagrid is a completely all-new PVC body, so he, you know, doesn't use any parts, and no other character will ever use any other parts from Hagrid, really, in the Harry Potter line. So right. that, of course, is expensive. But usually, the development, the hand, because everything is handcrafted. Uh, very minimal use of of digital sculpting right now with Star Ace. So, you know, oh, really. The sculpts are very. Uh, we have actually Hermione, the new teenage Hermione, was was originally digitally sculpted, but then a, a, a traditional artist will go back over it to add the pores in and the the skin texture and all that. So yeah, it's a combination on on some things, but most of them have been fully hand sculpted. So that's really one of the more expensive things. Tooling, of course, is you know a huge price too. Yeah. What about <laughs> things like hair and stuff? I mean, does hair really increase the the level of tooling? I mean, is I well, that yeah. There's no tooling in hair, but it, the research and development on hair and trying to get it to look right is yes. phenomenally tedious and time-consuming, and you may have to go back, you know, three or four times to get things done right. Of like course. Hermione's hair was, I mean, I I don't know how many looks you know they showed me. Oh, should Hermione look like this? Should like that? Went back between sculpted and and real hair, and I think finally you know we made the right decision with the real hair because I think most people have been pleased with that, but. Uh, that's very research intensive, and that of course costs money. Because you you were quite impressed with Hermione, weren't you, Mike? Yeah, it's a beautiful figure. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay, take the next question, and then Mike. Go ahead. Well, with the emphasis on some of the female figures in Harry Potter, as well as uh, you know, obviously Underworld, Hunger Games, and the, the you know you have Marilyn Monroe, and now you've already sort of uh, you're going after another clearly another female. Um, character in the uh, movie area, and by the way, that Audrey Hepburn movie I was thinking about is Wait Until Dark. If you haven't uh, watched yeah, that yeah, one, yeah. where she's yeah. blind, that's a great one. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it looks, it seems like that that Star Ace is specifically looking to work more with female figures uh, than certainly most companies do. Um, so if that's true, uh, what's the driving force sort of behind that? Really, the it's the appeal of uh, the X plus owner g nakamoto is a, is a huge movie fan great geek you know too and he mm-hmm. kind of makes the decisions on what to go after and what to do and but also leo lee and paul mm-hmm. show are also huge fans so it's really more of a matter of of what's appealing what we think can work and that's one of the challenges in marketing is trying to appeal to a new market you know trying to get one six has not been traditionally a female you know appeal copy so trying to get out there and show us show these figures to females is 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 challenging i'm assuming marlon will have real hair will she who marlon she'll probably have real hair won't she does a figure of marlon Marilyn, no no that's a very tight you know look it's from gentlemen prefer yeah. blondes yeah and you know that's <clears throat> it, it's similar you know you saw blitzways it's the same movie 
as yeah. what Blitzwick yeah. did. Yeah. So, and it's, I yeah. mean, I remember, I remember it's years ago, I've still got it in somewhere. I know I reviewed it for Mike. Um, Toys McCoy did a, a figure of Marilyn, which was um, just to do with one of her kind of like military visits overseas. And she was in like a, kind of a bomber jacket and, and trousers. And they basically based the whole thing around a male figure. They just kind of put the lumps and bumps and the curves onto it. it <laughs> when, you un- when you undressed it, it was just a male figure with like, you know, with some breasts and some thighs and, and an ass. It was kind of like, it was quite, um, quite unusual. But, um, but thinking back, I mean, God, how long, how long is that figure now? Over 10 years old, 15 years. And it was, uh, at the time, it was, I think it was one of the best likenesses we had of Marilyn. I mean, looking back, it's very doll-like and, you know, it was Barbie-like for the time. But, um, but uh, yeah, I agree. I think it's one of those things where because of her, her hairstyles, which are always kind of like tight and up, um, it's going to be very difficult for it to be reproduced as, as real hair. I know, who was that company a few years ago did like um, uh, one-quarter scale like Playboy dolls? Playboy, they did. yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, I, I got a few of them and, and they were pretty pretty bad um but you know they, they were kind of state-of-the-art at the time so i got them because they had real hair and but they were they were basically statues of violence yeah statues that's why you got them. <laughs> yeah that's why <laughs> and you can, uh, yeah you know they were just they, they were interesting i have to admit i've got rid of them since i used but them I did for get art the, i did get the monroe one as well at the time and it was just like a bad drag artist it was really 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 appalling and i think um i mean obviously recently having the, the new blitzray statue which is the first time we've actually got a really bloody good monroe likeness i'm just intrigued to see a, you know a, a posable one safe thing it's going to be it's going to be incredible yeah i'm actually looking forward to that as well because oh, i have to admit i have to admit a few years ago as well um who was it um oh something replicas um they were going to do they were going to do betty page they showed it at the toy fair um master replicas what were they called no the company that did um yeah uh, yeah yeah, yeah, no, 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 not them. They, they were the people that did like Buck Rogers and um, and the Flash Gordon. Go Hero. Yeah, oh, yeah Go, Go Hero. Hero. But who were Go Hero linked to? In something replicas. Executive replicas. Executive replicas. That's what I'm trying yeah. to think of. Sorry, Mike. I had a senior moment. Yeah, executive replicas. They they showcased about God oh, ten years ago, maybe not that long. They had the license to do Betty Page one sixth, and they had her in like uh, you know sort of jungle outfits and and lingerie and all this kind of stuff. And I remember at the time thinking it's a bit kind of creepy, but at the same time it's kind of like oh, I'm a I'm a huge sort of fifties cheesecake fan, so that I'd have to have a you know a Betty Page figure. But um. But yeah. Feishan yeah, is doing Betty Page, actually. I think she's may already have been released. Oh, really? Feishan, Executive Replicas, and Go Hero all work together, and yeah. they have uh, put. put well, I, I remember seeing. The, I, remember, I remember seeing the prototype. I know Dark Horse have done a number of statues and um, and little figures because I've got I've got most of those. But um, but yeah, no, I'd, I'd be interested in seeing a one sixth uh, one sixth Betty Page. So I throw that out there to them. <laughs> cool, cool. Right, Mike, do you want to take the next question? Um, yeah. So, uh, can you kind of walk through the likeness approval process? Do the actors themselves sign off? Uh, you know, do you have any fun stories you can share? That sort of thing. Well, I mean, the studios handle the likenesses sign off, so we really don't interact unless we get feedback, you know, from any of the uh, actors or actresses involved. Some of them, they have the studio has to go and ask them for some. It's just in the contract that the studio approves them. So really, you know, I, I know that uh, that Emily saw the Hermione, uh, the the teenage Hermione, and signed off and approved it. But I don't really know. The studio doesn't really give us any feedback if if they're okay with it. You know, we don't hear, yeah, change this or so and so said that about it. So really, nothing to add there much. 
do, do it's one of those weird things. Sorry. No, go ahead, Jeff. I was going to say it's one of those weird things, though, because obviously you, you you've also got a very close relationship with Sideshow, um, and over the years, you know, we've all got to know different manufacturers, and it's funny when you do know people who work on the inside, and you hear about various celebrities, and and when they do have a degree of uh, input in the in the approval process. I mean, obviously, we, none of us <laughs> mention any names, but it, it does become uh, kind of obvious that some people's kind of uh, some people's people, their agents or whatever, are difficult to work to, to work with. But also, some people are specifically kind of like uh, uh, kind of um, particular about how they're portrayed in this uh, in this industry. Exactly. Yeah. I guess Drax from Hot Toys is probably the main culprit there on that one. My God, I mean, that's not the one I was thinking of. Ben. Wasn't that? Okay. <laughs> that was also interesting was that you saw Michael J. Fox on um, one of the chat shows and like that, and he he actually oh. got Hot, Hot Toys to change the stand on the the thing. So it wasn't a crotch grabber; it was a it was a ring around like the old ones. So like uh, in your collection now, Michael J. Fox are the Back to the Future figures the only one with the grippy round waistband because Michael didn't like it going up into his crotch like that I guess but there you go. To so, go back to the likeness and approvals a little bit yeah. you know I, I have heard stories and the approval of a female actress kind of dictated how Sideshow developed you know their female body completely and yeah. Yeah. set it in in you know, firmly for all the other female bodies to come so. Yeah. Really give mm -hmm. us an example of that please can you give it an example? Well Buffy. Probably you not. <laughs> Alright. Sarah Michelle Gellar had a very distinct idea what her body should look like, and so that's what they did for her, and that kind of that had to be the female body that they used for a while. So. Was that good? Or was was that a good thing, or was that just like, oh, whatever? Well, she was a lot thinner than a lot of females, or she perceived herself as a lot thinner than a lot. Right. Of okay. Okay. Fair. Female enough. body. I've seen yeah, that with likenesses, though, too, facial likenesses, where the actor may not – you'll see situations where people will get a likeness in, in the end, and they'll say, you know, this doesn't really look like the actor or the actress, and what really has turned out is the actor or the actress don't have – themselves don't have a good perception of what they actually look like. Um, right. And, and have, have dictated changes that have actually pushed the sculpt away from uh, from exactly. a much better yeah, likeness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. exactly what I've heard about certain – Certain actors and actresses, particularly actors, which I'm not going to mention. <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah. it's understandable. We all have a different perception of ourselves. And exactly. The reality. I, mean, we, I mean, let's face it. When you look in the mirror and when you see yourself uh, on, on, on a photo on Facebook, you think, oh, my God, who is that guy? You know, and that's not the guy I see in the mirror. But, um, but yeah. When, when you've actually been 3D, you've been 3D printed, haven't you, Jeff? I have, yeah, but that, I think that's quite a different experience because um, obviously I'm not in character, it's just me. And, but even that, I mean, you know, that was how many years ago now? Three years ago? Two years ago? I don't know. Um, and obviously the quality of that's come on a lot more since then. Uh, but even back then, I did look at it and think, oh my God, is that what I look like? Okay. Um, but it's like hearing your voice back, is that whole thing about, you know, we don't see ourselves in three dimensions from any angle at any given point generally, and we don't hear our own voices unless it's on a recording, so it's... Uh, it's weird. Cool. Right. Can you tell us how long it would take takes David then from like a figure? How long it takes the whole process, like from initial concept to like the final the final stage and go to print stage? How how long does it actually kind of take? Well, it it depends on a lot of lot of things. You know, it comes from the uh, approvals from the studio. It comes from whether we're happy with the sculpt or not. I can tell you, Marilyn, we've had the license since you know the same time as Harry Potter, but trying to get Marilyn, a Marilyn sculpt that we were happy mm -hmm. with was very difficult. She's been sculpted, I think, now five times really? uh, by, wow. di by different sculptors. So we're, we're getting ready to show her, I think. She's, uh, she's almost there. So, uh, But it could, it could take 18 months. You know, it could take two years to right. get a figure 
to market yeah. or just solicit from development. Uh, Hagrid was a big prototype. I mean, they started prototyping Hagrid when they first got you know the Harry Potter license, but it took a long time to develop the new body and to get everything right. As you you may have seen on the forums, going back between sculpted and rooted for the beards, yeah. that kind of thing. So you know, it just depends on the figure. It depends on approvals. Depends on the licensing. You know, there's so many factors. It's hard to say for certain what is the exact you know time frame. And and then once the figure is kind of like made, then once once it's like approved, but by by the studio and, and that prototype, what's the how long then from like prototype to actual box box figure ready to ship out? Well, it depends how quick our, our box artist is, of course. So. Oh well, yeah, well they're they're, they're <laughs> those guys can drag. They're notoriously slow. Those guys. Yeah, they're they're they go, those guys can drag. Re- <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it it's it can be fairly quickly. I mean, the tooling takes you know about a month to to do, and then producing and packaging, and then shipping takes a month. You know, over the seas to to get to distributors. So um, it doesn't take that long. It, you know, you could do it in two months. Yeah. But, but like so, like so, you'd hand the prototype to the factory. So what would actually happen there? So you would hand the final prototype to the factory that would be fully tailored, fully all the rest of it, ready to go. And is is that what is that what the factory then gets? And obviously, I mean, well, not necessarily. Um, the way Starry's works and some other co- companies work is that you work with the factory in developing the costumes and developing, you know, how you're going to do the do the hair if it's real hair or if it's you know a sculpted beard or whatever. So that's part of it um, working with the factory well in advance of, of manufacturing and then once everything is, everybody's happy with it the factory has been involved from a, for a while now uh, now again this is just star ace uh, not necessarily you know hot toys or sideshow or anybody else and so they will be able to reproduce things better because they helped create the prototypes gotcha. you know, of course, All right, the okay. sculpt comes to them you know uh Fully formed, usually, but other than that, they help with everything else. Yeah. And and how do they get the little small stitching? And do they have little micro machines or something? How, how do they get that small level of stitching? That really tiny, tiny, tiny little stitches. That is, it's quite uncanny how how you can get that small stitching. I mean, yeah, it is specialized machines, and it's and it's skilled labor too. It's not you know just anybody on a, an assembly line making these things. These are all kind of handmade products even right. though it's on a you know it's made in a factory and you see them all lined up in things it's there's hand touch on all the paint and all the all the costumes but it's also like you know sourcing all the uh, all the materials as well i mean like you know when you're using a fabric obviously on a, on a full-size shirt for an adult you know it needs to have wear and tear it needs to be a certain thickness but for but to get something that that kind of hangs right particularly when you've got a layered costume on a on exactly um, f- sourcing those fabrics that are the right kind of thickness and, and you know they'd be gossamer thin let's face it if they were real world absolutely perfect they'd be gossamer they're almost too thin to hold but the fact that you guys you know you Sideshow do a great job on it and Hot Toys do an amazing job on it and all these companies do an amazing job on it just just the sourcing of those materials and sometimes you know going, in, going to the lengths of you know uh, kind of organizing the manufacture of these fabrics, you know, so that they are exactly the right kind of like pattern, exactly the right kind of weight and thickness. I, you know, that is where I think um, this whole collecting thing, although, you know, we're, we're geeks, we, we know it, we love it, there's always going to be those naysayers who think that we're just weirdos. But at the same time, you know, when you are in it, when you are in it at, at, at this, this sharp end and we're, we're looking at this stuff, it is art. It is, you know, you are looking at artisans who are just like going that. 
not an extra mile, but you know, an extra 10 miles every day just to like, absolutely make sure that we, because we are the most harsh critics on this bloody planet, are happy, you know, and it's the fact that the people, you know, people like, you know, um, uh, Star Race are doing that now, you know, they're, you know, they're new in the arena to a degree, but the fact they're doing this stuff, I think, is uh, it's just fantastic. Yeah, it's one, one thing that you get the factories involved early on is for the sourcing of materials, because if yeah. we have, you know, something prototyped in the U.S. or the U.K. or Japan even, and then go to the factory in China, they may not mm-hmm. have the same materials available, mm-hmm. so mm, it's important yeah. to get them involved. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that that I mean, I would I would love to be able to like take a and make a little mini documentary and just follow the, the 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 progress of one figure from start right to finish to to boxed on the shelf. I'd love to just see that whole process, you know, work, see and and show all the people the level of skill and dedication and love that goes into these things. Because obviously, the people who work on these, you know, especially for something like Star Race. And, 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 and Hot Toys because and, they're at the top of their game. You can see that you know, people who are working on these, they've got to love these things, or love at least what they do to a degree. Yeah. Because the, 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 yeah. the, the, the perfection that's kind of gone into it and the, the attention, you know, and, and the quality control as well is, is, is really high on these as well in terms of like, just like the, the, how, the, how the paint is so consistent. Eyes are consistently good. It's, there's no pupil offset or, you know, there's none of that. You don't see that kind, those kinds of mistakes in, in, in Star Race and Hot Toys figures. In, in particular, you don't see those kinds of like bad. There's a few other one six companies now. Occasionally, where you'll see that final prototype figure and eyes. That left eye just isn't as good as the right eye. And on a one six scale figure, that's just not really good enough. You need that kind of level of quality control. So I'm, I'm always impressest when I see a Starius figure. That how the quality is always just quite consistent. Yeah, I, Leo I, I, is. Yeah, Leo is it. Leo Lee, uh, the head of uh, Starius, is in the factories almost every other week. You know, really? looking at quality control and trying to make sure everything is is going on exactly like he wants. So, yeah, that's it, a very important part of it. Yeah, I was going to say, I, th- I think having someone on the ground at the point of manufacture um, that, that that can visit, you know, the manufacturing plant on a if not daily, then at least you know once a week, twice a week basis, just to make sure they're happy with the quality. That is that is so bloody important because you know from my limited experience of knowing people that have gone into the production of figures, um, you know the thing they hand over and the thing they brief on and the thing that they see produced in the first week is often not the thing they see produced in the second, third, fourth, fifth week. Um, so yeah, being able to keep on top of that quality control is, uh, is, 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 is huge, particularly when you're having a manufacturing plant in Asia. You yeah. can always tell the difference too when a, when a company has a license that they really love and a license that they probably picked up because they thought they could make money off of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you have those people who've picked up a license, you know, the Harry Potter license with Star Ace is a wonderful example. They clearly yeah. love the license, they clearly love the characters. Uh, you know, and it's true across <laughs> the board. You know, it's like uh, for those of us who used to collect the uh, Palisades Muppets figures, you know, you, yeah. you, you can tell when a company really loves the license and really puts yeah. their effort into it. Yeah. I also think that's true of like, well, g- going over to Hot Toys, it's kind of like, um, you know how a Chan loves Star Wars, and it's kind of like, you know the fact that, you know, you look at the love and detail that's gone into, uh, you know, Han and Chewie, and, and also Luke to a degree, and Vader very much, but then you compare it to, I don't know, something from the new films, you know, which he's, you know, everybody's into them, but it's that whole thing whereby you look at Han's boots and their fabric, and they've got the proper soles, and it's kind of like, Han has to be done right. You know, when you're looking at, um, I don't know, the new order TIE fighter pilot, he'll be done right, but he doesn't necessarily need leather boots. I think there's that kind of, like, there are certain characters as well within universes that manufacturers like, this guy, we've got to go above and beyond and just get this guy absolutely bloody right. Favoritism, in it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There you go. Uh, yeah. Mike, <laughs> do you want to take us on to the next question? That kind of a, sort of ties into what we're talking about. Um, let's see. The next one I have here on my list was around kinds of problems. Is that what yeah. you're talking about? Yep, yeah, absolutely. the kinds of problems you might encounter from prototype to final manufacturer and if there's a lot of compromising that has to go on uh, in that process. Well, as, as you know, we just discussed, that compromise is not really part of the equation when you're doing these figures and the fans are so demanding and we're demanding too we have to get it right from you know before we release it so um problems that you encounter you know we you look you look at things like sculpted versus uh rooted hair you know that's one question that comes up a lot you know for the harry potter figures and we went to the fans and said hey which which do you think looks better um and you're always solving problems. You know, prototyping anything probably is problem solving. You know, what material to use, what sculpt to use, is the sculpt, is the face big enough? You know, there's so many different things. You know, so yeah, there's always problems. Speaking of the sculpted hair versus the rooted, we're starting to see more use of the sort of the combo, um, where part is sculpted and part is is rooted. Do you think that's going to be co- sort of? Do, do you think we're ever eventually going to get to a position where we've got like sculpted beards or uh, rooted beards and not sculpted ones, or are we always going to see sort of this uh, combination? Well, trying the rooted, we wanted desperately to do the rooted beards, um, and we saw the prototypes in New York. And the reaction wasn't that great from the fans. They just didn't necessarily respond to it as well. And also, we did try it in production, and the waste on rooted beards, things that just didn't look right, was huge, huge, really expensive. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're talking over a third, probably, in, in waste on Wow, field. okay. Yeah, you got to be more yeah. economical than that, I guess, on something like that, don't you? So, yeah, it just didn't work. So, uh, we think the hair works on the... Uh, on the on the head but not necessarily on the chin so that's why you're seeing the mix and uh, a gambon dumbledore you'll see the same thing you know now from the start we probably won't even go with a rooted uh gambon although you did see that at toy fair at the uh, new york uh comic-con cool. that's great right cool let's let's see that we're, we're going to go into some harry potter questions now next strictly harry potter because there's a lot of people with Harry Potter questions, although we've got we got all the world questions as well, we got some other general, a couple of other general questions. But I think we should get through the Harry Potter ones. But what we'll do is first, we shall take a commercial break. So we should come back, listeners, after this important message. Looking to find collectible figures at low cost with superior customer service? Fanboy Collectibles is one of the largest retailers of high-end collectibles on the east coast of the USA. Carrying a full array of hot toys, enter-based, sideshow collectibles, 3A, and all the top manufacturers. Domestic and international packages ship daily, all fully insured with tracking number and securely packed. Getting it to you as quickly is important, but not as important as your collectibles arriving in pristine condition. Are you looking to pre-order an item to guarantee you don't miss it when it's released? Well, Fanboy Collectibles does that too. Have you got a question about an item? Give them a call, shoot them an email, or even leave them a message on their Facebook page. Fanboy Collectibles is available full-time to respond to you and to get your items to you as quickly as possible. Anyone can make a sale. Fanboy Collectibles knows the key to being successful is repeat customers. That comes from doing the right thing by you and making customer services their priority. Fanboy Collectibles. For some it's a hobby, to them it's an obsession. (laughs) 
Europe listeners, look no further than Space. Space, search for popular action figures and collectibles ends. The best service possible and steady accessibility by email and telephone is one of the top priorities at Space. They carry a wide range of collectibles, not only from major brands like Sideshow, Hot Toys, Enterbay, NECA and McFarlane, but they also specialize in the exotic and small new manufacturers. A very important department to them is their 1-6 scale section, which is currently getting bigger and bigger, offering lots of clothes, bodies, head sculpts and accessories. Hot Toys is of course one of their specialities, so you can pre-order all newly announced figures from their web store. They often have Hot Toys figures in stock earlier than any other dealers. They are also the best source in Europe for convention exclusives. Space loves what they do, so you can depend on them for secure packaging, ensuring your items reaches you in mint condition. In stock items get processed normally the same day. Pre-ordering customers will be notified in advance once an item arrives in stock and before it gets shipped. Space is located in Germany and offers clearly arranged shipping flat rates to all European countries. On most destinations you can even get free shipping. For EU customers this of course means that you will not be surprised by any customs visa or import taxes. Space is serving us collectors with the finest items for over 15 years. If you are located anywhere in Europe, do go to Space. www.space-figures.com Okay, and we're back. So, right, we got some Harry Potter questions. Uh, can we expect to see versions of Deathly Hallow Harry, Ron and Hermione? Um, that's an excellent question. Uh... <laughs> And I don't really have an answer for you. Uh, there are more versions of Harry and Hermione planned right now, um, and maybe Ron, not necessarily in the next, you know, in 2016. Deathly Hallows versions, not right away. I mean, we're kind of going chronologically. Uh, if you've seen, you know, we did Goblet of Fire Harry, and you may see a, yeah. another teenage Harry before Deathly Hallows, another teenage Hermione. And not the one you're thinking of before uh, we see a Deathly Hallows Hermione. Cool. Ooh. Jeff, next question. Um, yeah, no, the, the next one was really about, um, obviously we've had a lot of the heroes. Um, we did get um, He Who Cannot Be Mentioned. Um, but at the same time, are there any more villains planned? You know, we would be getting Bellatrix, Bellatrix how have you pronounced it? Uh, the Death Bellatrix. Eaters, Dementors, Bellatrix, that's it, yeah. Uh, the Death Eaters, Dementors, because, you know, it's always nice to even you're at display out with a few bad guys, so. Are they planned? Sure. Yeah, Bellatrix is one of the most requested figures, and she's not on the 216, 2016 mm -hmm. plan, but she's definitely uh, in development right now. Um, as for generic, you know, these are expensive figures, so a generic Death Eater or just a Dementor is not really in the plan right now. Would it be, like more, un would it be more unique tooling on, say, something like the Dementor? Well, there's a lot of, yeah, it, it's not doesn't use a standard body. It's more skeletal. So it could be, you know, done as maybe as an accessory. That was one thing that was discussed at a, at a point to make him an accessory with somebody. Um, so that's that's still up in the air. We really don't know what's going to happen with the yeah. Dementor. Cool, cool. Is Dobby, Dobby, not to be confused with Peep Show's Dobby. I always can't remember here said Dobby <laughs> Peep Show's Dobby. <laughs> Hello, Dobby. Is, is Dobby? Is that even known in the US? I, in some, in some people, I think what what cool watch. Cool circles. I want to be one of those things on BBC America. I'd imagine some people watch BBC America. But is Dobby, Crookshanks, and Nagani planned? Um, well, actually, all three of those are in the books, but the licenses for one six uh, characters from the movie, not creatures. 
So ah. what we've been, as you see what we've been doing um, with Hagrid and with Dumbledore are doing a regular and a deluxe version. Yep. So what you'll be seeing probably is a creature come with, you know, a figure as a as part of a deluxe set, rather than selling a creature separately. Cool. And that includes okay. Dobby, Crook, Jenks, and Nagini. All of those you'll yeah. probably see the next year or two. I have to, you know, without jumping too far ahead, that whole thing of the deluxe set kind of answers a question that we, you know, we, we've got a couple down the line, this whole thing about environments as well. Because, you know, a common room or bedrooms or whatever from, from Hogwarts would be great kind of little display environments. Have you, have you got any kind of plans to, to, to expand well, on that idea? Again, that the license doesn't really cover that as it stands uh-huh. right now. We're talking about doing a lot of different things with Harry Potter because it's it's been fairly successful. Yeah. But that really isn't on the books right now to right. do the environments. But, you know, if that's something fans would want, it's something we are definitely talking to Warner Brothers about. So, you know, hopefully, maybe in the future. Yeah. Who knows? Take the next question there, then, uh, Jeff. Sorry? Take the next question after that as well, then. Oh, right. Um, well, yeah, we, we were talking about environments. Um, the other thing was, um, what was the likelihood of seeing some other of the main characters from the Harry Potter world? Uh, we were specifically talking about, like, Neville, Luna, Ginny, Fred and George any of those kind of like, you know, the main players, but not not the main players, but the peripheral characters that, you know, everybody knows and loves, are, are, are they in the pipeline? Well, they are, uh, like you said, they are not necessarily main characters. And you, again, expensive figures, and you've yeah. got to figure out what's going to sell, you know, yeah. two or 3,000 units. Um, so maybe Fred and George necessarily aren't in that, uh, no, that plan no. right now. So I, I, I'll, I'll tell you, the ones mentioned really aren't on the books right now, but who knows right. in the future if everything yeah. goes well. It's funny because you know. thinking back to, I mean, I'm just thinking how you know companies obviously can get their fingers burned a bit. Um, and I'm thinking specifically like Big Chief when they did the, they still have got the Doc 2 license, they're doing very well with it. But it was kind of like, you know, the first time they did um, uh, an assistant, which was, uh, what was her name, uh, the redhead girl, my mind's gone blank. Yeah, and, and Amy, yeah, and she came up with like rooted hair first, and there was a lot of problems, and then they kind of re-released it with the, with the sculpted hair, which was which was good. But um, I mean, there's a na- there seems to be a natural kind of uh, I say natural, it's an awful way of putting it, but you know, in the one six twelve female figures, never do quite as well. Um, so on top of that, the fact that you know you're going for peripheral characters, I suppose their bread and butter at the moment is very much going to be going for the mainstayers. Exactly, and and yeah. female figures not selling well. I mean, Hermione is is one of the best selling figures we have. So it, I yeah. think it depends a lot on execution as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I think the whole tide has turned on female figures in general. People are a lot more open to it now than they ever were. Man, I had a tough time even having a Tila figure when I was a kid. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I, I, re- I remember back in the day, years ago, when I was a mod on on on, on the Freaks board, and uh, and somebody making a comment about the fact that they got a hard time from their dad about the fact that they collected one sixth at all, and, and he said that if I was to collect a one sixth female figure, he would just give me such a roasting. I remember thinking, that's just so bad. I mean, the, yeah. you know, you're into something. Why? Why? It doesn't matter what gender they are. But the fact that he was that worried that he wouldn't even buy a one six female figure because his dad would give him a hard time, and we're thinking, oh, that's so. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised. My my old man would probably look at me a bit peculiarly as well. But you know, these are all over generation. <laughs> Time the times so, have moved on. I mean, I, yeah. as I said, I had a tough time getting figures myself, and I even just like He-Man figures, and I was like, kind of getting a little bit, getting a little yeah. bit maybe in his eyes too old for them, kind of a thing. But you know, yeah, you, you muscled on regardless, anyway, did you? Absolutely. Uh, well, how Jeff. about how about collecting a little Hermione, which is a you know not just female but a schoolgirl, you know, a little a child, so. 
Yeah. yeah. yeah people make comments about it on the boards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, and likewise. I mean, I, remember, I, I will collect anything. I mean, I if it's one sixth, I find it interesting. And so years ago, I mean, I bought a figure of a this guy called Tom of Finland who does these kind oh, of homoerotic. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I bought the figure that came with that. And likewise, when they did the the manga, the the, the anime version of that figure, Lane, who again was like a little kind of schoolgirl figure, and they were in my collections. And it's funny the reaction that people have to this stuff. Because they, they associate it with something that they're bringing to the table that you're not at all. You're just a collector. You're just like, no, it's one sixth. I think it's cool. It's art. I want it. But br- people bring their own agendas to whatever it is that you collect. Right. You're just like, what, whatever. Okay, you know, you can think <laughs> what you want, but I'm just collecting this shit because I think it's cool. Well, I, 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 I think nowadays also that they've moved so far away in quality from, you know, they don't look like Barbies anymore. They look yeah. like little yeah. one-six people. So yeah. I don't think the stigma is, is there quite as much as it was, you know, in the early days when we all started. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have, I have actually had a couple of conversations with a, with a, a very well-known YouTube's channel that deals specifically in retro action figures, and, and they're they're very purist in in their outlook and and action figures, and you know they they don't like the Hot Toys and and the and the Star Aces. They 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 feel that they're like mini effigies, and it's like yeah. Madame Tussauds' houses of wax. Yeah. And I'm like, God, but if you showed me that, I've, I promise you, if I showed you this figure. When you were seven or eight years old, you would have lost your mind. <laughs> you would have creamed your pants. You would have gone nuts. You would have gone absolutely bananas. Like yeah. if you'd have handed me a like a, a modern RoboCop when I was a kid, and the RoboCop was, I would have lost my head entirely. And and the, and 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 Murphy and his clothes and clue and more dolly, which is a bit more dolly like. But if you show me, oh, I would have been been all over. Could you imagine? But I think yeah, people are a lot. But the, the whole geek spectrum has completely changed in the last. It's it's all very cool not to be collecting and to be into something now and I think you've even got hipsters just collecting things now because it seemed to be cool so there you go collecting action figures or whatever right more hairy questions Mike do you want to take this one yeah more hairy questions about characters of course yep. um, we've got year four Harry and we've got year four Hermione uh, any day now uh, relatively speaking and uh, so the question was around whether or not we're going to get a year four Ron and if so what outfit outfit might he be wearing well you know Ron didn't do necessarily as well as Harry and Hermione as the children, so because he's really... ginger. <laughs> I'm <Okay>. ginger. <laughs> it's, it's sad but true. <laughs> I'm ginger. Leave me alone. That I'm could very well be. That could be, but uh, for whatever reason, that we'll probably revisit Harry and Hermione more than we will go back to Ron. I'll just say that. Yeah. Cool. Right, okay. Poor old Ron. He gets the he gets the thin end of the wedge every f- freaking time. <laughs> uh, we, we got a fan here who wants who we evidently we need that perfect Percy Weasley. Will we see the rest of the Weasley kids or, or their parents? I think, well, I think uh, we just had that question answered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, that kind of answered that question. All right, there you go. Yeah, they're all gingers. Remember? Yeah. If we can't okay. get Ron out the door, I don't know about Percy. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. okay, Jeff. I think we can just write a line of the Weasley's here, can't we? Kennedy, poor Ron. Yeah, I mean the next the next question of what is yeah, uh, is there any chance of an Oliver Wood figure with the, with the flight stand and the Quidditch keeper hoop? Is that is that something that might? The funny thing is, it's you know as we're going through these questions, I'm thinking like you're kind of answering some of them for us. It's you know it's, it sounds yeah. like we're very grounded in the in the main hero characters are going to be the uh, uh, the, the stalwarts, but you know. All I'm thinking is, as 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 the kind of the range progresses, um, is there the chance they'll go back and revisit some of the earlier films? Because as you said, they're doing it kind of chronologically, 
Um, but at the same time, there's going to come a time where they come to the end and they've done all the main characters. And if there is still a hunger to keep Harry Potter as a collectible, you know, one-sixth world alive, I would have thought that possibly some of these characters will be revisited. What do you think? Yeah, sure. That's always a possibility, certainly with, you know, Harry, Hermione, and, and maybe even Ron. Um, Dumbledore had a couple of, you know, couple of looks. He may may visit revisit him, could revisit Hagrid, mm-hmm. possibly. Um, yeah. As for Oliver Wood, I, I want to address that question directly. Quidditch, the Quidditch costumes are really cool looking, and I don't know if yeah. Oliver is in the cards, but uh, Leo is a big fan of Robert Pattinson, so you know, you never know uh-huh. if you might see a Cedric um, yeah, yeah. or any of the other Triwizard participants in there. Well, yeah. A Robert Pattinson figure would sell, I'd imagine. You would think. Yeah, and he'd be, he'd be extra sparkly. He'd be extra sparkly. We could always do a Twilight uh, pack-in costume there for him. Yeah, absolutely. Just I'm sure somebody out there somewhere wants it. Just say it's you his raver outfit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I don't think you're joking. <laughs> well, I am kind of ra- joking. But. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things, David, that a lot of people have uh, talked about over the years with Six Scale is sort of somehow or another getting the market back to where it was in the 60s with G.I. Joe and a Captain Action where you had accessory packs instead of having to rebuy figures every time. So this next question kind of lent itself to that sort of that concept. If it was possible that we might eventually see sort of clothing, since since they had more than one look even in the same film, um, if it would be possible to see clothing packs uh, rather than having to get a whole other figure just for a single look. Well, I'll put this out to the people that mes- might necessarily not necessarily be G.I. Joe and Barbie fans. Do you like to change clothes on your action figure? On no. your one-stick little effigy? Um, and, no, and so, no, but what, what I might like is to buy a figure without a head that I could just swap heads on. Yeah? That might be cool. Yeah. You know, if you've got a good likeness and you don't want to go to the whole retooling and the repainting, and, and let's face it, the head is an expensive part. If you could, if you could buy figures that you know, where within the, the, the a, a, a movie, you know, you have the same character in, in a number of outfits, but you could just swap heads. Maybe that would be an option. I don't know, but yeah, I should be just sell headless from. bodies. But, yeah, I, I, this is just it gets into a really dodgy area. I mean, I know where I know where Dave's coming from here. It's, uh, I know um, uh, Big Chief had the same issue. They thought about selling, you know, costumes as separates, and I think it's. And I like the idea of buying, you know, a Star Wars figure. Like, for example, we mentioned this the other week when when Hasbro did the 100th Luke and he came with his X-wing outfit and blah 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 blah. He had all these different outfits. That's Hasbro. It's a different thing. Very easy to dress. Very gold like. But at the same time, it's quite cool, you know. Every now and then to do a, a figure that just comes with this incredible selection of accessories that means you can put them in any look. But at the same time, I get where Dave's coming from. I, yeah, as an adult collector, I don't want to sit there redressing my. Figure. Yeah, but the one thing yeah. I would say is that it 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 speaks to the same situation of reposing your figure. If I've had a figure for a year, and it's been in this costume and in this look on my shelf, yeah. I'm likely to want to look at, make it look different. And the yeah. ten minutes it might take me to redress, it's not a big deal. It's not like I'm going to do it every other day. And I wouldn't, you know, it's it's I don't expect to get a costume the next week. But if a year from now you gave me another way to dress up, you know, a character. Um, to change up the look on my display, yeah, I'd probably mm-hmm. go for that. Well, would you yeah. pay the same for a costume change as you would for a new figure? Would you well, feel like that was the 
Of course not, right. And so should we put in all the R&D and development on developing a costume, which costs us the same whether we're doing a new figure or not, and uh, and then just release the costume for a quarter of the price or half the price of a figure, it doesn't really make a lot of sense um, financially. And the distributors aren't interested. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we, yeah. we don't sell directly. We only deal with the distributors. And if they're not going to carry something and they're not interested in something, it's not really something that we could do. Yeah. I mean, I remember having this discussion way back in the day on, on the kind of on the on the freaks boards with people saying that kind of stuff and, uh, you know, and, and, and having that 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 discussion stroke, you know, business argument that I know from a collector's angle, we always feel like we're hard done by. But at the same time, everything has to be business operative. You know, you have to have a good business model as to why you're actually doing the thing. And, uh, and, and, and if uh, an outfit doesn't make any sense whatsoever on a financial basis, why the hell would you do it? Right. If you can't make money doing it, you know, yeah. there's it, no matter how much you love the license or love the character, if if it doesn't make money, you're not going to be able to release any more characters. So, money, yeah. money, 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 money. <laughs> Ted DiBiase, big laugh. <laughs> That's what that is. Right. Underworld. I like Underworld, kinda. You know, it's one of those kinds of guilty pleasure movies. I have yeah. to say. And uh, you know, I mean, what's her, what's her, what's her face is, is very cute, even if, you know, and, and she does look good in all that outfit and things like that. So yeah. we got some Celine questions. How is she coming along? Uh, how uh, were they, were you guys able to uh, recreate her latex catsuit in one scale? And will we be getting a vamp head with blue eyes? And when can we expect to see a prototype of Victor? Okay, so. wow. Um, so yeah, Underwa- Underworld is one of our our favorite. You know, movies just because Kate Beckinsale is so cute, as you said. Yes. Celine yes. um, is is going to come out this year. Uh, we're hoping probably before the middle of the year, uh, so she should be soliciting soon. She's been approved. The sculpt has been approved. As for the catsuit, I mean, Leo went through a bunch of different materials on what could be used and what looks good being posed in different forms. So what we have and what you saw at New York uh, Comic Con is, is probably what the final figure is going to be in, because that's just you know how it has to be if it's going to be a posable figure at all. So yeah. that's kind kind of how it has to be. A second head for Celine, not in the initial release, you know. But if she does well, though, we may see an alternate down the road. Um, and Victor, we should be seeing Victor soon. The head's been approved. The sculpt's been approved. We uh, have to get him painted, and so. And the costume development is taking a little while, but but Victor's in process. You, he won't be far. He won't be many months after Celine's release. Excellent. It's, it, that'll be an interesting line. It's going to be interesting to see how that does. Actually, I mean, and there is a new movie on the way as well. There's another Underworld on the way, isn't there? Really? Oh, was, right. Ha- has there oh, been? Wow. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is another one. It's one of those franchises that you know it does well. They release the movies. They've got a budget, and the budget's always met every time the movies yeah. come out. They always I, seem to I, do relatively well. So there's a fan base for them. Yeah, I didn't even see the last one. I, mean, I know in the last one she came back, the one before that she wasn't in it, the first two she was. Um, but it's funny, thinking back, it's just made it's made a kind of a penny drop, actually, because like with Dave saying about um, the fact that Sharon Michelle Gellar, you know, obviously had a big hand in playing the part in what the original kind of female body looked like. Um, I remember when um, the, the Kate Beckinsale figure came out from Van Helsing, um, and obviously that had rooted hair, and it was a bit, you know... It, it was of its time, you know. You know, Sideshow did a good job on it, but it was of its time. And um, I'm thinking back, remember the body on that did look a bit kind of Barbie-like, and it's obviously because, you know, as you say, they were like, they were kind of like stuck in, a, in, a, in an issue of just using that base body all the time. Right. 
but yeah, anyway, sorry, that was just me musing on yeah, something I, for a moment. I think Underworld, uh, there's a television series in the works as well as the really? uh, fifth movie. Without Slam, uh, yeah. I can see that as in a television series. Uh, you know, they're getting very good with their CG now. So if you do those werewolves, you now we look at like the big king shark dude and the Flash. My God, now people, right. you know, they're 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 doing some great things with with special effects and things. So yeah, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll be very uh, curious to see the the underworld figure. I haven't seen when will we be actually seeing some full on uh, final kind of nice high end oh. prototype photos of her? Will we see those soon? It should be pretty soon, yeah. Um, we're expecting to ship her, like I said, before the middle of the year. So, um, And uh, as you can see, Star Ace tries to keep the solicitations a little close to the release. Yeah, which is great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so re- no, yeah, that's the coolest thing you guys do, actually. That yeah. is really cool. So we probably will see Celine at, at the very latest, you know, by April, I would say, if oh, not this great. month. And so, so what happens yeah. there then? Actually, so um, you want the, the so um, her prototype is essentially made, right? You have her prototype made. So, uh, you what, what did you, you send the product off to the photographer, or do you guys have an in-house photographer? What, what's the story there? No, we we use a bunch of different photographers, and so yeah, it it goes to the photographer, and he he does the photos, and they have to be approved by the studio, and so it it's it's a process. It's ah, right, just okay. a matter of yeah. So the, so and the also, photos. Sorry, yeah. so, so those all those press photos have to be approved by the studio as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, cool. That's very interesting. Right, okay. Well, I, mean, I personally actually had uh, uh, one one final question actually that wasn't in our list. It was about uh, a couple of other licenses that you guys have, and obviously we saw you guys had three hundred, but it, it's the three hundred Rise of an Empire license. Am I correct? It's both. It's both. You've films. got you've got both licenses. Yeah. Oh right, right, right. I thought one. I thought another it, company. It's had one license it. for both films. Oh right, cool. So, wow. So we'll be getting characters from both movies then. That's correct. <gasps> I don't know if you can answer that. Are you guys considering making a Xerxes? Or is, can you answer that? Well, he's not on the plan right now because, of course, that's a completely different kind of body. You can't use Hagrid. You know. No, no, no. Body. So yeah, he's not really on the plan. But you know, there's a big. 300 push uh, you know most of them you should see this year in fact so excellent very excited to, to, to see how you're going to to do that I mean obviously it's not going to be a seamless body it's going to be one of your nice mu- it's going to be a muscular body but, and have, you guys haven't done kind of bare muscular bodies before have you no no it's a completely it's an all new sculpted body and uh, we'll be doing Leonidas and uh, Themistocles from the second film which will kind of use the same body, but you know they had very distinctive chests, so we'll have a different they did, chest. They did, yeah, 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 yeah. So that will, uh, but it's a completely new body, and we saw it in New York. Some people saw it in, at New York Comic Con. We didn't release any photos because it wasn't approved by the studio yet. Right. Okay. But some people saw it and were pretty happy with it. So. And uh, what's her face, Ava Green? Yep, she's on the plan, Artemisia. Yeah. Ava Green yeah. figure. Yeah. See, that'd be nice. And, that'd be nice. and even uh, our favorite uh, our queen, Gorgo. <gasps> oh, the lovely queen, Gorgo. Oh, Alina Hetty. That'd be nice. Yeah. Alina yeah. Hetty figure would sell very well, actually. Cause yeah, 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 obviously. So. Yeah, no, she would, wouldn't she, with the, her Xerxes yeah. character and everything. Ooh, which, you know, uh, that's it. So it, would, it would be nice to see what you guys would have done with the... the um, a Game of Thrones license and stuff like that. I mean, so what, uh, what kind of other license are you guys kind of thinking about perusing? I mean, can we can we fire a few at you, or, or do you wanna do you wanna just well, fire a few back yeah. at us? Or <laughs> as we saw it at New York Comic Con, we have the Scars of Dracula, the Christopher Lee Dracula coming up. Oh wow! Um, wow. We see him this year in one quarter scale. Oh, sorry, I mean one six scale. 
Oh. And mm-hmm. I may have slipped there a bit. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you can ask also about uh, if we may be doing other types of products than one-six figures. But uh, we've got... Are you doing other types of products other than one-six figures? Armaments <laughs> here? Well, we're looking at quarter scale and maybe some other scales too and other types of products. So, uh, yeah, there's... There's lots of possibilities. We're looking to expand in, in other directions. Wow. Can, I, can I ask you, just out of interest, now I, I, I know that um, quarter scale has really kind of taken off recently, you know, and uh, I've got a couple of figures in front of me we're going to talk about later. Um, but at the same time, I kind of got the feeling that quarter scale took off by accident. It was kind of like back in the day when Hot Toys were kind of be gobbling uh, up all the best luck. Did Jeff again? Sorry? Sorry? No, we've lost no one. Oh, we lost Mike. I think we lost him. No, oh, I'm here. Mike. Oh, he's there. Can you hear Mike, me? Sorry. That's fine. Point can you hear me? Five. Can you hear me okay? I can, I hear, can you. hear Jeff. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say, I kind of got the feeling that quarter scale almost happened by accident. And I don't mean this in, you know, because obviously, you know, it's become a big thing. But at the same time, I think um, Hot Toys had so many 1-6 scale licenses, particularly in Asia, where Enterbay really wanted to kind of like um, start, you know, taking a, a bigger place in the market. And, that, and they saw that a lot of the licenses they wanted, they couldn't do in one six scale. So they kind of thought, okay, let's do it in one quarter scale. So they started doing Terminator and Batman in one quarter scale. And it was, I think at that moment, Hot Toys thought, hey, crap, bloody hell, we didn't think about that. Um, so, hello? Yeah, we're here. Yeah, we're here. We're oh, sorry, 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 somebody dropped off. We, we, we are, we are off. speechless yeah, no, 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 no. So I'm saying it's kind of like, you know, Hot Toys thought, oh, crap, you know, there's this whole scale that we could be playing with, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, Hot Sideshow are already doing their, you know, their, their incredible kind of like, what do they call it? What's that scale premium called? Premium format. The premium format figures, you know, which are, you know, they're, they're not posable, well, minimally posable occasionally. Um, but I think uh, the, the, the way I read it at the time was that Enterbay thought, right, there's these cool licenses, we can't touch them in Asia unless we do them in a different scale to the one that Hot Toys are doing them, then we can buy the license. So they did it, and I got the feeling that the market all of a sudden just reacted to it, thinking, oh my God, people like this scale. And it, you know, the fact is that the manufacturing means that the price jumps, but not as much as everybody perceives it's going to jump. You know, the quarter scale figure compared to the one six scale figure isn't necessarily twice or third, three times the price or whatever. It's 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 just a jump. So uh, I don't know. I, I feel like the quarter scale figure is something that's come out of almost nowhere. And then you look at what obviously um, um, you know American companies are doing now. With um, I'm particularly thinking uh, who the people that picked up the one six Batman license. They did Pacific Rim and NECA, any any NECA. Um, and they're doing a really good job at non-clothed, you know, but sculpted figures. They're doing an amazing job on like one quarter scale. And I think it's just like it's, it's just an arena that's really kind of opened up recently. And is that is that is that the feeling you get from um, from Star Race that they're thinking, well, why don't we just grab a bit of that? Well, we were thinking more along the lines of a, a static, you know, piece that is mixed right. media, more like yeah. the premium formats rather than right. a an articulated figure. Yeah. Um, but that's you know it's another market. It's a different collector, really. Exactly. Um, you know, it's another way to exploit a license that may be may be kind of expensive, and a way to recoup on that expensive licenses to do other yeah. types of figures. Yeah, and obviously the tooling means that it's a, if, if it's a static figure, then obviously all the tooling and the manufacturing goes way down in a, in, in the cost of manufacturing. Um, yeah, well, there's, I, there's there's little, yeah. Sorry, carry on. Carry on. Carry on. Well, there's no tooling really in. Uh, in a premium format, it's it's or a resin statue. Only, yeah. only, tooling only comes in when you're dealing with the PVC, 
and articulated bodies. So it's not as expensive to get into that mm-hmm. or to do smaller runs. You know, you can't justify a 500 run of a 1.6 figure because of the tooling costs. Yeah. But for a quarter scale, you could you could do that because you're not using steel molds. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because I probably have less than 10, 15 statues in my collection because I am an articulation junkie. I love, I love fabric dress figures. I love moving them. I love that whole thing about posing them and the anatomy of the, the engineering that goes into them is the thing that really turns me on. Um, yeah. But at the same time, as you say, there are so many licenses out there, I think, that have been uh, undersold or never even ventured into. But I think, you know, regardless of how you were to, uh, to carry out the... The, the, the actual kind of like fabrication of them. If, if you just touched, if you just touched the collector's market with certain licenses, they would just have your hand beaten off. So, yeah. Right. What, what, what kind of license are you thinking of looking at there for uh, that, that smaller scale of thing? I mean, existing licenses you have, or new licenses that you haven't announced yet? Well, Eamon, you've gone Dalek. Yeah, I can hear him, but I, I got the question. Um, yeah, Star Ace is looking to expand in a lot of different directions with new licenses, and there's a bunch of things that we're talking about, and I'm, I'm betting one of them no one would ever guess in a million years. Uh-huh. And a couple that have been visited by, you know, customizers and, and one-sixth scale in other, uh, by other companies and other scales. So there's a lot of different things that Star Ace is looking at, some very popular, you know, classic films. Probably not going to get too much into the newer films like, you know, Pan or something like that mm-hmm. uh, anymore. But, uh, and we still should see Blackbeard from Pan, the, the Hugh Jackman, yeah. um, should be coming in soon. We showed him in, in, uh, at Comic Con New York, and the response was great, but, uh, of course, the movie didn't do that well. Yeah. But, but we're always looking for new licenses, and if ever, anyone has suggestions, you know. Always open. I'm sure, still- I have one that's perfect for the, with the female, with the, the focus on the female figures as well as the, the rooted hair and the costuming. Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know, I I, I had thought of that, I've thought of that, and I hadn't necessarily pitched it to Star Ace, but you All know, right. that's not a bad idea. Yeah, especially with the TV show that they're you know the new uh, the uh, musical that's coming up, and uh, yeah, I, it's, it's always a favorite of mine. Yeah, and I have to admit that this week I went and did a preview of the Crystal Maze, which probably means nothing to anybody in the states. But um, the Crystal Maze was this huge program here on Channel Four. Richard O'Brien devised it. It was like a an adventure maze that people had to go through, and uh, they're just opening one in in London. Um, and because I work in the entertainment industry I was invited along to go and, uh, and have a go at it and it was absolutely freaking amazing it was just like being the TV show that said I don't actually like the Rocky Horror Show but that's another question <laughs> that's another thing I mean if I was if I was to throw anything in there I'd be throwing in things like Mad Max you know all, yeah. all, all of them all of the Maxes all the Maxes and Fioras and stuff like that I think to be, there's, I think there's some interesting unobvious Kind of movie licenses that like oh that that would be really good not, be really good to have a figure of that or really a uh, nice good statue representation well, of that kind of thing. I will tell you if it's if it's obvious you know like Mad Max or Clint Eastwood or something like yeah. that it's been explored and there's reasons that there have never been figures. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. Like exactly like Blade Runner. I mean let's right. face, Blade Runner. Yes, that's a great let's example. Face, let's face it. Everybody would sell their maiden aunt to have Blade Runner figures in their collection. We all know. Yeah, but it's it's just not going to happen for the foreseeable. Well, the, with the sequel, they may have consolidated the license, so there may be a better way of doing it. Now, 
you know, the sequel's coming out. I but don't funny, know that. Funny thing, yeah, the funny thing is you say that. And all it takes is one person with enough kind of like uh, gumption and determination. I sent, I sent you that article, didn't I, Mike, uh, about a year ago about that guy that made the uh, the 66 Batman series. Thing. Yeah, that's a wonderful example because that's it's, a license that everybody just for years said was just not possible. Exactly. And it was, it was literally a one-man campaign of a guy that just thought, why? why? Nothing's impossible. This should happen. And it was kind of like, you know, this, he made it happen. So uh, I think there's always the chance, but yeah, at the moment it's it's yeah, some more effort than others. Yeah. yeah, with Mad Max, you've got George Miller that doesn't necessarily really want to do it, you know. And if he says no, then they're not going to do it. Yeah. 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 So. Um, I'll back onto the as as you mentioned the the pan figure and stuff, and we're 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 gonna we'll finish up the show now in a few minutes. Um, was that so, so, and, and if it's a, if it's a question that's overly over, over sensitive, you don't want to go into, I completely understand. But say for something like a movie like Pan, which Probably, maybe initially was that that license was acquired because hey, this will be a big, huge, multi-million-selling movie and whatever kind of a thing. What? what, what I, so, and, and obviously, the, a license is sometimes options and, and purchased before the release of the movie. Right. So, which was obviously the case with Pan. So, uh, but what happens then with with, with the perceived? Uh, like, obviously, I mean, I, I what happens when uh, that happens with a movie like that is perceived as being a big hit. I, I, licenses go out and it, it doesn't turn out to be a big hit. Does I mean does 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 things just not go ahead or is, is there money lost on your part, etc. etc. I mean obviously sure. if, if those are sensitive questions, feel free to ignore them. Well, I mean uh, we've seen it from a lot of different perspectives. Mm-hmm. I remember when Sideshow released Van Helsing and Hellboy yeah. came out the same year and they had developed figures for both. And I think Hellboy did okay and you can still get a Van Helsing for fifteen bucks on eBay probably. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, it, there's you, there's always a chance when you're dealing with new licenses. But, you yeah. know, as a new company, you have to take chances. You have to take risks. It was a Warner Brothers picture. We had a great relationship with Warner Brothers uh, because of Harry Potter. They pitched it and said, yeah, that's a great idea. You know, you can use the kid's body. Uh, it, just, it just made sense on a lot of different levels. Hugh Jackman's a huge star. You know, who wouldn't want a Hugh Jackman figure? Uh, well, cool the Van Helsing's fans. <laughs> well... <laughs> Yeah, that was a bigger risk than Pan because he wasn't yeah. a big star then. True, true, but, true. Uh, so what we're probably going to do, uh, and I I may not be able to say this, but uh, I will, uh, we're going to put the uh, Blackbeard out there, see if the distributors respond, see if the fans respond, uh, if he gets enough orders, and we'll, we'll release him. If not, then we may... That'll be the first thing that we've solicited not released. But now you see, you know, I think I think this is really interesting because in the same way as Hot Toys have had a real kind of like a love affair with Johnny Depp, um, and they've made a lot of Johnny Depp figures, even you know from Sleepy Hollow, you know a great film, and from uh, from Sweeney Todd, and they they did Edward Scissorhands, didn't have the likeness, but they they've got a bit of a hard on for for for, for him, and in right. the same way as they've you know for the X Men films etc., all we've ever really seen them touch upon is Wolverine. So there's a collector's market out there for Hugh Jackman as an individual. So I think, you know, from your perspective, it sounds like a very cool move. And as much as I would have thought, if, if anything's going to sell, it's going to be a Hugh Jackman figure. Let's just see what the appetite's like. Exactly. And, uh, and see what people are going to buy into. Look, I, I yeah. mean, we, we, you, we saw a picture of him in, in New York uh, Toy Fair, didn't we? Of the, of the Blackbeard figure, didn't we? There was a, black, there was a Blackbeard figure in there. It yeah. was there, but we wouldn't allow photos because it hadn't been approved. Oh, I, I, I did actually see a very blurred photo. I did that. Did, did see. He looked nice and layered and stuff. But. Exactly. Very blurred. <laughs> very blurred. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he rests <laughs> his case. <laughs> 
So, Mike, mm. did you have any, any questions yourself now for David before we let him go away? No, I'm good. You're all good? Jeff? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm great. I mean, I really enjoyed that. It was really cool. Well, I, 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 it's, it's always fascinating to have, have someone on, on the show speaking about so intimately about the process and stuff. Because, it, it, as I said, it would be lovely to, to have to just do a, like a one-off I, I, I think there should be a TV show for action figures to be honest like not, I'm not on one, like a, a weekly TV show I'm on one, like a monthly TV show that you would because there's so much effort and, and, and love and, and research and, 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 and as you said you know Starius are choosing the licenses and, and they're successful in the license that they've picked because you know Leo and Paul like these licenses you know, they, they, right. they, they like the ones that they pick and then when you see that love the f- fandom is brilliant. I mean, fandom is is like this. It's like this fickle thing, isn't it? On on one on one hand, you can have the, the fans who just take, 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 and don't want to give back. But on the other hand, you've got the fans that grew up to be the artists and then grow up to 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 love the things that they're they're doing, and it it, it comes out in lovely, fine, exquisitely made products. Now, like we would have never dreamt of ten years ago, to it when we were kids. And you know when you have such companies like Starius make and, and Hot Toys and all the rest of them, but we got Starius on our show, so we give them better favor. <laughs> and, you okay. know when when you got a company on, on, like, that makes such fine of products, it's 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 nice and humbling. To, but I always to... think I always think the art comes out from that. You know, as Dave as Dave well knows, and 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 we we all know from you know being on various forum, various forums over the years. Um, you know, if if it's not available, the fans will make it, and and they will make it very bloody well. Given the opportunity, now you know it's going. It's going to be. It's it's that grey area of licensing. And I've got a friend at work at the moment. The place I work, Dave, is where they make the Madame Two Swords figures, and it's kind of like. And there's a lot wow. of very talented sculptors in there, and you know they make stuff at one-on-one scale. Um, but at the ones at the same time, there are people there who are doing prop shop molding, all that kind of stuff. And there's a guy there who is a friend of mine, and he's just started making one six little molds of the of the uh, of the flotation tanks from Jaws. You know the ones that they harpooned the shark. Um, just purely as as a desk thing, as a, as a paperweight, and uh, and he said, yeah, "Do you want one?" I was too freaking right. I want one. <laughs> he's just he's just he's just made this thing absolutely perfectly, every little detail. And there are people out there that are just doing this stuff, but they're not from mass audience. They're just doing it because they are so bloody into it, and they love it, and they're just making a few for their friends. And I think um, I think that you know, that, as you're saying, Eamon, there, that the, the fact is that the world is now a much you know, what was geeky ten years ago is now much more mainstream. And I think it's uh, I think it's great. I just think it's I think the fact that you know we're all buying into this stuff and we're all, we're all loving it more and more. I think it's just uh, it's just testament to the fact that you know the world is uh, is a shrinking place, and we're all just admitting to the fact that hey, we're geeks and we love it. Yeah. Let's keep in mind. Remember this: it's critically important. You're not a hoarder if you still have aisles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, what you happens if see, you don't have aisles? You should see. You should see my loft. My wife complains on a daily basis the fact that you can't even get into the loft anymore. Mm. That's <laughs> it's the thing. That packed. That's the thing, isn't it? That, that, that's what it becomes like. Right, ease up yeah. now. If we don't have enough room, don't buy it. But you, you, you yeah. just, you just. Still but it do. does make your cataloging virtually important when you, impossible when you don't have aisles. Because I, I, I was there months ago, years ago. Now, before we let you go away, now, Dave, was there any one particular kind of figure you wanted to shout out, or you know, that you're quite excited about, and you're hoping that it'll go down well with fans and stuff like that? Was there anything particular you wanted to? Well, obviously, we're very excited about Hagrid. I, just up on Facebook was a picture of Hagrid with the kids. I think people weren't really realizing how big he he is, and oh. were complaining about the price. And now I'm hearing 
okay, well, maybe that's not that expensive because he's, you know, Hulk, Thanos size. So yeah, yeah. maybe people weren't really realizing that. Um, so ha- I'm shout out about Hagrid. I'm, you know, and I'm excited about uh, some of the other figures coming up. You know that we have, uh, which we can't necessarily mention right now. But yeah, uh-huh. no, we we didn't talk about Hunger Games at all either. Too, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, oh, yeah. oh! Totally forgot about that Hunger Games. Yeah. So, so we, oh, we have some Katniss come. action then. We get some Katniss. Katniss, she'll be later in the year, but uh, so and we'll be seeing some other Hunger Games uh, characters. So cool. we're very excited about Hunger Games. Well, that could be a very yeah. colorful line, actually. Those. I mean, I'm not a fan of the movies to be honest, but I mean, there'll be there's some quite colorful characters in there, isn't there? Or would you be just focusing on the here heroes? It's mostly going to be the heroes, yeah. Right, but okay. there's you know Katniss and Peeta and the president, and there's all sorts of different characters yeah. that we could do. Excellent. Well. Uh, just taking a slightly side, you know, backward step here. Sorry, it was um, obviously with Hagrid. You've got Robbie Coltrane on board, and his people are happy. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm like we were talking earlier about this whole likeness thing. Because one person that has come up time and time again in collector circles as potentially being a bit of a problem is um, oh god, who's the guy playing Sirius back? Uh, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. So was 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 he cool to work with? Just out of interest, just purely as a fan thing. Well, again, as, as I said, the the studio handles all that, and yeah. for something like a franchise like Harry Potter, the likeness rights are written into the contract, so it's yeah, not yeah, something yeah, yeah. That, for, like, well, Steve McQueen, we have to go separately and, and get those approved. Yeah. Or Marilyn, you know, you, you have to license the movie, and then you have to license the likeness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but for Gary Oldman, no, it wasn't an issue because it was already there in Warner Brothers. Okay. I don't even know if they went to him for approvals or not. Okay, okay. Cool. Okay. Excellent. All right, well... David Steven from Starry Studios. Starry Studios? Starry, just, just Starry Starry's Toys. Starry's Toys Limited. Starry's Toys Limited. I, should, I type out the thing so many times I should really just know myself really by now. <laughs> it's been absolutely wonderful having you on the show. So hopefully you'll come back on the show maybe in maybe a year or so down the line again, see where we are with all the other licenses and things and see what's happened because it's, it's up and up for you guys really at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, Starry's is, like I said, branching out, doing different kinds of figures, different licenses, expanding all the time. So yeah, there's lots going on. Excellent. Well, thank you very much again for coming on the Hot Toy Cast, lads. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you very much, Dave. It's nice to finally put a voice to the uh, to the face and then the heart. Yes, you too. too. (laughs) Okay. Excellent. Bye, guys. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks a lot, David. Man, thanks. All right, there you go.